This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back to the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Uh, we're hoping you're doing great out there. I know uh, things have been kind of crazy in our uh, culture lately. A lot of, uh, once again, some some more shootings going down Yeah. Um, this, over the weekend. And I'm not overly familiar with them, so John, I don't know if you are, um, but would you mind if you are shedding some light on those things? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to... You know, to you know, be too much of a commentator, but I think these things happen, and, and I think it's important that we think about them from a biblical perspective. And you know, how do we how do we think about these things? You know, you listen to the talking heads, and uh, I mean, you got the you know the Democrats are blaming Trump, and and Trump's blaming the Democrats, and you know, it's it's just kind of a lot of finger pointing in all these directions about what is wrong and why this keeps happening. Um, and, and I think it's important to, to kind of stop and pause and, and begin to think about the root causes of this kind of thing. And nobody wants to talk about it. You know, and as a matter of fact, I wrote, I wrote just a, a blog post about this on the John Byrne blog. And, and you know, the, but there is, there is this being that we never talk about. And it's, it's not Jesus. We talk about Jesus a lot. It's, it's Satan. We, we never talk about Satan. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, yeah, no one's, no one's talked about that. Yeah, it's just, it's, right, that's, that's one of those things. We just like to ignore him, and he loves it that way. And, and I think that, you know, and Peter talks about him roaring around, you know, roaming around like a roaring lion and, and trying to devour whomever he can devour. And, and throughout Scripture, talks about the, his, his schemes um, and his deception. And that's who Satan is, and he is at work, and he wants to deceive us. He wants to uh, cause these things, and, and it's a reality, and we live in a fallen world, and, and it's horrible, and we ought to mourn with, uh, you know, the 31 who, who died in El Paso, and the nine who died in Dayton in a 24-hour period, and um, we ought to stop and think about the impact the gospel has on individuals, on culture, on um, young men. It's always young men doing these kinds of things. Um, and, and we ought to pray hard and we ought to think about how we can infect the culture with the gospel and how that changes, um, it changes people. If, and if we believe that, then there's only one answer to all this mm-hmm. and, it, and it's Jesus. So, you know, I just think that that's something we, we ought to ought not ignore it and, and we ought to pay attention to it and think about it from a biblical perspective and uh, the fallenness of the world, the activity of Satan and, and, and the restored power, the restoration power of the gospel, I, I think, are the lens through which we ought to see this. Yeah. And I think even kind of what you're saying is that we need to um, use the gospel to impact people. And I think the reality is, too, is uh, there's a negative impact of social media. I think one of the biggest problems I think yeah. in our culture today is, is, you know, we need to maybe consider banning social media. Right. I just don't think, I don't <laughs> think people, um, really have the ability to handle, you know, the hyperbole you see in social media, the, the, you know, even just the, the attack that people receive, a lot of people can't handle it. I, I think it's one of those things where it's almost, I think it's causing more harm yeah. than good in our culture, but I mean, it's never going away. Well, and one of these guys, I can't remember which one, but one of them basically said they spend like eight hours on social media every day. 
Yeah. That's crazy. And it messes you up. Yeah. Well, you have to have a lot of discipline when it comes to social media and a lot of maturity, I think. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that, you know, uh, you know, that, that there's age limits on that stuff and we ought to ignore that. Um, and my son just turned 14 and I think it's 13 that you can get a Facebook, right? Is it 13? I I don't know. Yeah. I think it's 13, but I'm like, dude, as long as he's not asking, I ain't, I ain't offering, you know, like he can, the longer he lives without social media, the better off. Uh, you know, he will be, um, and it, and it's a way of connecting without really connecting. Yeah. And it's, it just messes you up. And I think it, even, uh, fairly, I would say operating or fail or well operating human adults, uh, still struggle with it. They still struggle with being able to manage and navigate social media well. So yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, it's a sad thing. Uh, there's so many problems. Like you said, the root is, is sin. Uh, definitely for sure. Um, when you see these things and, um, I think we kind of in a culture that doesn't have the cure, right. They don't know. I mean, they're trying to answer it with certain things and, and taking certain things away or uh, calling for, um, regulations and such. But I think the honestly, besides sin, I think it's social media is the biggest problem. Yeah. And, and look, we can have different views about how we ought to handle guns. We can have different views about, um, you know, mental health and how we should handle that. And we can, we can argue about those things and that's fine. Um, we ought to be realistic about what those things can accomplish. I think, can we do better? I think maybe we can. Um, and maybe there's policies that can, that can help and, and we can talk about what those might be and what that looks like. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have to recognize that this is not, this is not just a problem that can be solved with another policy. It won't solve all those problems. And, and, you know, another, another, uh, you know, politician who gets what he wants and it's just gonna it, you know can it mitigate it maybe a little bit you know maybe we can do better i think i think that's probably true um but we have a sin problem in this world yeah and and we need the gospel of jesus christ and we have a we have a devil problem a satan problem. i know that makes me sound like a fundamentalist as soon as you say those things but yeah no no and no but it's true i mean there's definitely an enemy uh spiritual battle uh well john let's go ahead and uh change the subject a little bit and go back to uh the reason why we're here this morning. What, what is that reason? We are talking about New Life. The series New Life. Yes. We're talking about last week's sermon, The the Grace of Generous Giving. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, in, in my opinion, I know this is kind of a sensitive topic sometimes in the culture or even at church sometimes too. It's like, oh, here's the giving sermon. Yeah, here's right. the, the one about the money, how much I need to give. And, uh-huh. and especially people who aren't believers. Yeah. Uh, really. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, but you said something about that was kind of interesting and it almost went against if you want to, to gain money as a pastor, <laughs> yeah. then you don't want to say this. I don't. Oh, what did I and say? And this is what you said. He said, if you're giving out a guilt or obligation or compulsion, don't. Yeah. Why would you say that? Well, that's what the text says, right? I mean, that's what, you know, Paul talks about. He says, look, you know, you ought to give according to what um, you, you, you can give according to the means you have, but also... God wants your heart, man. And, you know, I went back to Psalm 50 and, and read a portion of that. And God owns everything. Like, if you think, if you think it's, it's a guilt, like if you're giving because you feel guilty because somebody has guilted you, then, then honestly, I mean, a couple of things. One, you need to repent because, because that, that's not what God wants, you know, and, and God told Israel, man, I don't need your sacrifices. I don't need your bull. They're all mine anyways. 
By bull, I meant like a, a cow bull. Yeah, yeah, a bull. yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I know a, what you meant, but people are like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, right? What is he swearing for, <laughs> yeah. John? That was, you know, I, I meant like a, a steer. Okay, a steer. I don't need your steer. I don't need your steer. <laughs> Say it with a southern accent. That's I'm pretty right. sure God spoke with a southern accent sometimes. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he, he's, I don't need that stuff. It's all mine. I'm not, you know, you're not going to satisfy my hunger. You're not going to satisfy my needs. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the opposite is actually the case that I will satisfy your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything you have in your bank account is God's anyways. And if he, if he really decides he needs it, guess what? He's going to get it. He'll take it. He'll take it. Um, but he doesn't do that. He wants our hearts, man. And, and I think that's so important when it comes to, um, this issue, you know, people, people look at the money issue and there's a reason that it's sensitive and it's sensitive because it reflects what's already in our heart. Um, which I think is kind of the importance, the reason why we are called to, to give is it, it definitely strips us down a little bit. It, yeah. it, it reminds us of what's important. Right. You know, it, it removes our stability. It um, focuses our hearts and our minds and our attentions, our security on God yes. alone. It reminds us of what is important. Yeah. And I think when you have that, that big bank account, you know, or you have plenty of idols to, to spend money on, or you, you're, or you have that drug of materialism and consumerism, which is something I think I struggle with a little bit, then you don't need God. Right. And it's really a moment to stop and reflect. So, right. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Swindoll comments on this passage, actually. And he talks about, um, a guy who had passed and they started going through his stuff and, 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 um, or was it, the guy's wife had passed, I think it was, but anyways, she'd pass and, and, you know, the guy starts going through his, a bunch of stuff and, um, okay. Now I'm, I'm messing up your illustrations. Story my, my stories here. It's actually, uh, an older guy and gal who, who decided they were going to divorce. Okay. That's what it was. And so, and so they start to go through stuff and he's going through stuff and he, he finds this box of like canceled checks, which I realized I told this joke about checks on Sunday and, uh, and and I, I realize that some of our millennial, uh, younger millennials might not is? even know what a check is. They, they may have never seen a check. Yeah. You know, I think they have. They just don't use them very often. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, check, you write, it's a piece of paper, you write it to give somebody money that comes out of your bank account. Anyways, he he finds these cancel checks, which means they've they've been used, right? And they send them back to and you. And they send them, they used to send them back to you. I don't know that they do that I anymore. Don't I don't so. think yeah. so. You just, just go online. It. Yeah. But, um, but, but he found this box of canceled checks and he starts to go through the canceled checks and he finds these checks that they wrote for these big things in their lives. Like the, like, you know, the check they wrote, um, when they put some money down on their first house, the check they wrote when they bought this car, the check they wrote, you know, when they went on this trip, you know, so forth and so on. And it really, and it really, uh, tells the story of their life as he begins to go through these checks and, and he becomes kind of enthralled by it. And he, and he realizes all this life that they've built together based on how they spent their money. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up going back to his wife and say, Hey, wait a minute, we've invested way too much in this. Let's not, you know, get a divorce. But the point of the story is this, that, that how we spend our money can tell the story of our life. And if, if, if we go, if we were to go back and look at all our canceled, all, all, all the money we spent, would we find in that in interwoven in that story a commitment and a love for God? Mm. Would that be reflected in how we spend our money if we were to go back and reflect on that? And I and I think that that's a, a an important um, way to think about 
Yeah, like where the money is, there where the money your heart is, is also. Yeah. Right? Uh, where your treasure is, there your heart is. But uh, yeah. let's go ahead and change that up for the sake of a. Uh, th- for the sake uh, of this. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? I'll just change it to words of Jesus. He won't mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't mind. <laughs> um, um, I'll just watch out for the lightning bolts, Johnny. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, I kind of uh, pointed out that that people do when they look at the church that, you know, you see that a lot. And, and you see that a lot with the, you know, I don't want to, you know, we're pastors have nice cars, really nice cars. Right. Or, you know, not like you can't have Preachers a nice Preachers and car. seekers, right? Or whatever. Yeah, or the pre- whatever, or the, or you'll see uh, with private jets. And yeah, definitely, yeah. they're definitely living well. You right. Know, there's certain ones that might be living, you know, and not like, it's not like a pastor shouldn't make um, money because obviously, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah. they're, they're working hard and doing all these things. Don't and muzzle the ox like, in the trip. Yeah, you can't, floor, yeah. you can't like uh, punish them for being a minister. But then sometimes you'll see certain situations where they might exploit the situation a little Absolutely. bit. Um, and and it, it gives a, a bad stigma in the in the mouth in the mouths of other unbelievers. Yeah, you know the taste yeah. in their mouth. And can you kind of explain just practically where do funds go when when people give to a church? Yeah, what. Where does that money go? I mean, just go straight yeah. to the pastor, no, uh, to his no. to his nice Porsche. As a matter of fact, yeah, to his nice Porsche. Yeah, um, I've seen some of you know that I don't know Johnny. Yeah, I, yeah. I, about the closest I've gotten to a Porsche is driving by a Porsche dealer. Yeah, Porsche dealership. Yeah, <laughs> even know. still, they're like, well, could you drive on the other side of the street with exactly. that Volvo you got there, John? <laughs> right. But uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting because because that is it, and it matters, right? Like we are to be good stewards with our with our finances and and things like that, and we ought to give to good causes. As a church, you mean, as, or as, well, as, a, as individuals, individual. uh-huh. as a church, um, as an organization, absolutely, all, all the way across the board. And and so it does matter. You know, there's it goes to a lot of different things. If you have to, if you if you want to give on Sunday morning, do not hand me a check. Like don't or cash, don't do that. Like it doesn't come to me, and it doesn't doesn't go to you, Johnny. We oh. don't we don't. Yeah. Oh, I've been asking. Yeah. I've been asking. Uh, Just yeah. give He's straight kidding. to me. He's kidding. I'm kidding. He's kidding. But anyways, <laughs> um, but but that's not how it works. Do we get paid? Yes, we get paid. Um, we, you know, if you give to Grace Fellowship, I'll just talk about Grace specifically. It goes to a lot of things. It goes to a lot of it goes to, you know, facilities. It does go to salaries. Um, uh, it goes to ministry uh, budgets, you know, so that we can do things like we just got done with our VBS and which is, you know, costs a significant amount of money. As a matter of fact, I'm wearing my, I know you guys can't you see, wearing but I'm wearing the VBS shirt, yeah. Athens 2019 you know, VBS shirt today. Um, I know you got the cashmere one. You, yours is a thousand dollars because it was no. super. No, I'm just oh kidding. My gosh. I'm kidding again. Once, Johnny's going to get, Johnny's going to get us in trouble. I want to get reprimand. Yeah. You got, you wearing a nice $5 cotton blend. So yeah, yeah, it, it is, it is tri-blend. I it think. Is, ooh, tri-blend. So yeah, they might cost six bucks. Okay. Because, you know, go. I don't know, but, um, you know, but that costs money to put on those ministries and to minister to these kids, you know, to youth ministry, to uh, various other ministries that it, it enables us to do ministry and that's really really important but but off the top 10 percent of that goes to missions and 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 people around the world who are um working to uh impact people's lives with the gospel in a variety of ways not necessarily like, a part of our church ministry no, yeah no uh so you know we've got uh well we've got the mckinney's who are just here on sunday who work in costa rica and they work with a variety of churches and we've sent missions teams down there and things like that we've got the ag john ag who who uh and and his wife in in senegal who he's a um like a like a, an engineer and and helps helps ministries develop um 
uh, buildings and different facilities for the use and ministry, all kinds of, all kinds of things, translators, Bible translators. So, so we give 10% of it off the top, uh, of our budget away immediately. And then we give more than that away, but, um, but 10% off top. And so it goes to a lot of different places and we got to pay electric bills and things like that too. It goes to those places, but but it's really important because all of it is so that we can do the ministry of God. It's so that it's so that we can have people in places that can equip our saints to do ministry, um, all the way from our greeters and ushers to uh, our women's ministry to our children's and youth to all these ministries that that we have, and it, it supports all that. Gotcha. Yeah, it kind of that totally makes sense. And um, yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, you you talked about generosity being a big motivator of giving. Yeah. Grace and generosity. Um, but we seem to have this number of 10%. Yeah. Where does that come from? Is it relevant? Um, what, what do you, what's your take on that? Yeah, it, it is relevant in a sense that, you know, it comes from the old Testament. Um, and, and depending on how you look at the old Testament, scholars talk about how that worked with Israel, with the nation of Israel and God had basically, you know, 10% was supposed to, you know, go to God and, but they had sacrifices and they had all these other things too, that added on to that. So it really ended up being around 30%. Um, that, but you know, that, that was a different context. Uh, and so in the new Testament, it never talks about 10%. Um, but 10% is a good number to start with, but it's kind of a beginning number to be honest with you. And, and, and that might seem like a lot. You go, man, I, you know, so to make the math easy, I'll use a hundred thousand dollars, but somebody makes a hundred thousand dollars. They're going to give 10,000 away. Yeah. Is that a lot of money? Yep. But so is a hundred thousand. Well, there's a, <laughs> right, but they live off 90,000 and we go back to Psalm 50 and whose is that anyways? It's God's. Yeah, All really. of it. The, the hundred thousand is The blessing is, is, yeah, from God. Right? So the blessing of being able to make that, and if you make 50,000, then it's 5,000, right? Like whatever, whatever it is, 25,000 is 2,500. And, and so, and so I think it's a good number. Um, but, but generosity goes above and beyond that, I think. And, uh, and, 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 you know, second Corinthians eight and nine that we looked at this last Sunday, um, it says, decide for yourself based on what you can do. But here's the thing about generosity. Some people have grown up in the church and 10% is easy. It's kind of like what they always have done. It's built into their finances and they don't even think about it. I would challenge those people to think about maybe, maybe that's not generosity. Maybe that's just ritual. Maybe you ought to give more. And I'm not saying to give, if you don't want to give to grace more, fine. Find some somewhere else to give more to. You know, mm-hmm. find a missionary to support. Find a find a, another organization to support their work. That that's fine. I'm not pitching for grace here, um, but some of us are able. And you know, I know a guy who um, ties ten percent. That's where the word tithe comes from. Ten percent. It means it means ten percent. So he ties ten percent off the top, and um, you know, he makes more than he needs by a significant amount. And so he lives, and he lives rather modestly. And then sometimes, you know, at the end of the month, he just gives whatever he's got left. That's a, that's, that's generosity. That's a really cool thing. Yeah. yeah. It's very, that's, that's kind of the picture of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 10% off the top. That's first and foremost. He gives that immediately before he does everything else. But then he lives, pays his bills, lives rather modestly. And in a sense, lives modestly so that he can give more at the end of the month. And mm-hmm. he gives that and he, and so there's different ways to be generous, to, to be generous. And I think, um, I think we need to consider that and really try to build that into our lives. Yeah, I, I see the 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 danger of of you know it's ritual. It's ten percent. I've always done it. You know, the, the, you don't even see it going out of the account. And I think that's kind of what you know 
full disclosure, we finally decided to do the online giving, you know, yeah. which is an option. Yeah. And the reason why, for, you know, I, obviously there's different reasons, but for me, my, my biggest reason I was never uh, able to touch the, the offering plate. So I never had that chance because I'm usually on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the reason why I dragged my feet for so long was because you don't feel it. Yeah. Coming out. You wanted to feel it. You wanted I kinda to, wanted to feel it. Yeah. I wanted to, to wrestle with it. I wanted to, you know, maybe change the number, you know, up or down depending on where I was at, you know, yeah. but, but there is that, that that's the hard thing of, of doing the online giving, which yeah. is, you know, um, but yeah, so I know what you're saying, you know, just that yeah. ritual, you know, you want to, I think you kind of want to feel it. You want to wrestle with it. You want right. to. You maybe challenge yourself in that moment. Yeah. You know, I'm really feel blessed right now. We, the biggest thing I think is if you can live with contentment and within your means, then you'll start to realize that you have a lot to give. Yeah. The reality is, is we do have, we have sinful hearts yeah. that covet and desire Absolutely. and, and really there's not enough money. We always see that, day. right? Yeah. yeah. We always, we always spend though. If you make, you know, if you, you know, what's that, that what's that thing they always say? Uh, if you know, ask someone who makes $50,000, how much do you need to be happy? I think we talked about this. Oh yeah. yeah. I need a uh, 10% more or whatever it was. And, yeah, well, and no matter what level you go, they always need more. Just a little bit more, yeah. just a little bit more and I'll be happy. And then we chase happiness, happiness with finances and mm-hmm. that's, you'll, you're never going to find it that way. Yeah. And you know, we talk about in our worship services when it comes to get, you know, time to receive offering. We, I often, very often is almost, almost every Sunday talk about it as an act of worship. This is an act of, it's not, hey, give us money. We need money to pay the bills. It's, this is an act of worship, giving back to God some of what he's given you. We mm-hmm. use those kinds of phrases and we use them very intentionally. It's not an accident. People, it probably runs over people's head because they hear it every single week. They could probably, you know, have, have it memorized. Um, but we say it because it has meaning because it's important. It's an act of worship. And for us, you know, you're, like you said, you're on stage and different things. And sometimes I don't get down the offering plates already passed. And my wife kind of handles that stuff anyways, uh, for us, but, um, you know, but, but that even taking that moment, cause you can do it online from your phone, right? Like, so taking that moment in that service, you know, if you're not on stage or, or otherwise disposed, you can, you can take that moment and do it on your phone. And, and if so that act of worship, you know, that, that struggle with the instead heart of writing a check instead of writing a check. Yeah. So, so there's different ways to do it because again, checks are kind of, you know, but, the, but the text in, in second eight, nine is about being a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. It's about being, it's about giving out of the joy and, and giving to God. And if you're, if you're not doing that, then I think, you know, there's a repentance and it's not about the amount of money. It's about yeah. the condition of the heart. That's where you even said, don't give, if you're not feeling it, don't give at yeah. that point. If you're not feeling thankful or, or, or you feel obligated or whatever it is. Yeah. If you feel like, oh, I have to. Yeah. Then that's not that's the, not the point. It. Yeah. Um, and, and could we use more money? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it almost, it, so there's a pain sense, you know, when I say don't give, if, if, if it's guilt or whatever, don't give, you know, that that's in a sense, a risky statement for me to say, well, yeah, and but I'm, I'm more concerned about your heart with God than I am about God. God will meet our needs. Well, also full disclosure. Um, I think there was a time where, you know, we we're a little bit, I think below our budget at one point, I think with the Costa Rica thing and you raised additional money for them and we could have easily have put that into our general fund or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. But the whole point was we want to be generous also. Yeah. We want to continue to be generous. And so yeah. we want to give yeah. and help these guys out. And yeah. so uh, definitely we need the money. Oh, you mean for the church down in Costa Rica? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, we course. need the money in our budget for sure. Absolutely. And in, when you're taking money from people, 
you know, taking quote unquote, taking money for people, we could definitely use that, but we wanted to give it to them. And that was the whole point. And we gave over and above and, uh, and yeah. God provided and that church yeah. and God's using that church to reach uh, a Nicaraguan kind of slum, if you will. I mean, if you've seen this place, you know, I gotta tell you, Johnny, heartbreaking. it's heartbreaking. It's they're on the side of a mountain, like this community and literally their sewer system runs down the side of the road. Literally that's where their sewer system is. Mm. And then, and when we walked up to that, up to that church, which you'd, you'd struggle getting a car up there. They do, but you'd struggle. Uh, you know, we saw rats and different things like this is not a nice community, but here's this church bringing the light of the gospel. And we were able to help them pay off their, their mortgage and then, and then start their new building, which they're pretty much done with now in their meeting. And, and as a matter of fact, I was talking to Mickey, our, our Costa Rica missionary, and he said, you know, we're, we're really at the point, he said, where we're going to kind of stop helping that church, not because they don't want to help the church, but the church is doing great and, it, and it's self-sufficient. So that was money well invested in an area that is in desperate need of the mm-hmm. gospel. And, and so Mickey and Marielis are, are moving on to some other churches that need help more like the church in Pural, which we, we were able to help too. Mm-hmm. We talked about needing just like perfect transition. I was going to ask you about that. Needing churches, needing help and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Which talk- was this passage. Second yeah. 89 was all about that. Yeah. So you're, you said, uh, you know, they're, they're supposed to help the church in, in uh, Jerusalem. Uh, which was struggling for for a while. Yeah. Um, and we kind of do that too. I mean, some, uh, you know, with, in other countries. But what do you think about in the United States? Mm-hmm. Like you'll see like in Lakewood. Yeah. There'll be churches around us that are struggling. Yeah. Um, and uh, churches that are thriving. So what is the role of a thriving church today um, with the neighboring churches in our own community? Well, I think I think this is a, re- this is a big challenge. Um, and we do things like... Uh, uh, we were part of Converge Rocky Mountain. Paul Minton was here a little while ago and he preached. And so we, we are part of Converge Rocky Mountain. We give to Converge Rocky Mountain, who is able to help a lot of churches in a lot of situations, um, whether it's, you know, going through conflict or different things um, and finding new pastors, all these different kinds of things. But uh, we, uh, which part of that is church planting and, and planting new churches that, that can reach people with the gospel. As a matter of fact, we have a line item in our budget for the first time ever at Grace this, this fiscal year, specifically for church planting um, to help churches start. But then you ask the question, well, what about churches that are just struggling like mm-hmm. the church in Jerusalem was? And, and, you know, we haven't done that as much, although we have done that some in the past in a, in a couple of situations. Um, but I will just, I'll just kind of, I got to leave it vague, but, but the elders are talking about this a little bit and saying, you know, what can we do and how do we do it and things like that. And so, um, so this is something, this passage when isn't just uh, a passage that I'm going to preach and then we're going to let lie. It is, it's impacting um, me individually. It's impacting our, our church and how, and how we function. And, and we're thinking about different ways that, you know, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. How do we, as, as an overall organization help uh, other ch- other churches and and one of the things I do is I help um, you know with coaching some some other pastors and things like that and um, providing resources um, and so we we do we, we, I don't think we do enough but we do we we are participating in that and we ought to be challenged to do that how do we help other churches who are struggling yeah. uh, become thriving and and like this church in Jerusalem yeah and so and I think that's part of being part of a Converge and Converge Rocky Mountain is a part of that. That's part of how we do that. It's an, the organizational way that we do it. And that's super important to understand. We're part of that. And we, and we, and we, that, that impacts our finances as well. I think also the key, uh, one of the bigger things too is uh, 
geographically, these churches were, were separated. Yeah. So there's certain things going on in, geographically in that specific location to where they, why, why they were suffering. Yeah. Like even for instance, Costa Rica, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're impoverished, you know, whatever they, they need some resources. Those people don't have money to give, but they still do them by the way, but they don't, they have, they have nothing, but they give out of what they have, just like the churches in Macedonia, as mm-hmm. we talked about, right? Yeah. So there's a d- different demographic and wealth and all that kind of stuff that helps and comes into play. Here, never necessarily, you know, in Lakewood, there's not going to be churches that are, you know, demographically, we're, we're all, or geographically, we're all in the same area. Um, they might be struggling for different reasons. But I think, too, you see sometimes that where churches will merge together. You know? Yeah. And so they'll kind of say, you know, you're, you're struggling so much. You're not, you're not able to succeed, let's go ahead and watch you guys come and join us and we'll become one church together. You yeah. see that a lot sometimes too. So Yeah, and I know we're running a little bit long in time, but I wanna I, I wanna just bring up um Estonia too and, and and the missionaries that we support in Estonia and we give money to them, the Poyers. Um really trying to figure out how to get out there and to visit them firsthand. Um but they they're they're involved in church planning in Estonia, which is a highly atheistic community. Uh, or, or country, and and they're they're heavily involved in that, and and so we su- we're supporting them as well, and so we we support churches in a variety of ways around the world, and I think locally we're working on doing that better locally, mm-hmm. and we will, but but we, you know that's all part of that. It's funny because there's some sort of like it feels like sad to say, but competition a little bit. It seems Sometimes like we feel all, that yeah, way. Yeah, we're all kind of like, oh, how many do you, oh, you have this many. Really, it's, it's we need to be encouraging each other and, yeah, and cheering would, for each other. I would tell you in Lakewood, we have a pretty good community of pastors and, and we all They'll work kind together. of know each other and work together when we can and things like that. That but. is nice. All right, John, I have a question from a listener. From a listener? Yeah, if you're okay with this. Okay, uh, well, we'll see. Can you outgive God? Can you outgive God? Yeah, I think that's kind of a weird question. The answer is, I, I guess the simple answer is no. Um, but you know, God gives to us differently than we give to him. Like they're different kinds of giving, right? Yeah. When we give to God again, he owns everything. So it's not like we're really giving to God, but we're giving our hearts to God. That's the one thing that perhaps we have to give is our hearts. And, and God wants that. Now here's the, here's what people might do. Well, I want to give my heart, but not my finances. It doesn't work that way. And I would tell you this, that if you make a dollar a day, then you should give out of that. Mm. And that you might go, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's giving out of what we have and it's, and it's not a guilt thing. It's a cheerful thing. I want to give back. I'm going to trust that God will, will provide my needs as Matt, as Jesus talks about Matthew six. And I talked about that on Sunday too. Our needs will be provided if we trust him. It's his anyways. So trust him and give to him, but it's all his anyways. What did he give? He didn't give us money. He gave us Jesus. Yeah. And I think, you know, can we do anything? Is there anything that we can give that is on that level? No. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. And he gives in, like you said, in those unique ways and and with things that money can't buy. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. Exactly. With the gospel itself, with the grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And even more than that, even. I mean, that's enough. But he still chooses to give even more. Yeah. Um, Any uh, resources you'd recommend, John? Yeah. There is one. And I know some people might... Respond to this kind of funny uh, just because of, of who it's by, but I think he does a pretty good job of talking about this. And and Andy Stanley wrote wrote a book called Fields of Gold, and it's and it's not one of his better known books. I know Andy Stanley said some things I got some issues with, and recently, uh, whatever. Uh, it's been a little while, but um, but it, you know, and, and some some of that I think is misunderstood, and people take things out of context that he says. But you know, sometimes I, I go, ooh, Andy, I'm not so sure about that. But but this Fields of Gold book, he does a good job with, um, and really talking about about how to give and what generosity looks like. And so I, I think that's that's worth 
the read as always when we're not we, you know, we, we accept scripture for what it is um you know in in its context but but when we read anything else we should always have a filter on anyways you mm-hmm. know oh, comparing yeah. to, to to the word of god so um but i think i think that's a good good one all right john so what's the big idea for this week uh, the big idea is this the the generous giving of the redeemed is a reflection of the grace of jesus christ Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.